Hello, and welcome again to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell. A lot of people these days want to know exactly where their food is coming from. Not only that, they want to know that their meat is raised humanely and other items are preservative-free. It's a movement called Clean Label Food. A farm in the heart of Central Florida is filling those needs. Dale Volker started Lake Meadow Naturals nearly 20 years ago with 100 chickens and a few acres of land. It didn't start out as a business, though. Rather, it was a way for him to get back to his farming roots from growing up in the Midwest. Now he's providing eggs, meat, even kimchi and more to local restaurants and consumers throughout the state. He joins us to talk about getting people to connect with their food and what makes his products different from what you can get in the store. Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell, along with our producer, Thomas Mates. There are a lot of buzzwords surrounding food these days. Cage-free, organic, locally sourced. To your average consumer, it might not mean much, but it does mean a whole lot to the people who actually produce that food. Like today's guest, we are joined by Dale Volkert from Lake Meadow Naturals, a farm in the heart of Central Florida. Uh, some would say South Apopka, some would say Akoe, uh, <laughs> and it's ever-growing. So thank you so much for joining us today. It is absolutely fascinating. I was able to visit your farm not too long ago with my family and I love that you open your farm to families in in central Florida well thank you very much well thanks for being here <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your farm how did you get started doing this well I grew up on a dairy and poultry farm in Wisconsin and my father had bought me a hundred chickens as a 4-H project uh, when I was eight years old it's a big project yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of um, grew from there and then I never really liked Wisconsin weather and I didn't like winters even though I still have the farm up there uh, I spend most of my time in Florida I was in the corporate world for many years in South Florida and kind of came up here in early 2000 and looking to slow down a little bit and my dad was still living and we decided to buy a hundred chickens from the exact same hatchery that he oh. bought me those for him in 1960 and uh, 42 years later and um, we bought those just to have a few eggs. And we had looked for property that would be a place where we could have some land and have a few chickens and have um, some space to do things. I, um, I kind of missed the rural environment. Uh -huh. And as they grew up, I had a few extra eggs. And I put a, there's a listing, a company called localharvest.org. And they're doing things different now. But if you had a few extra eggs, which we did, or something that you produce, you could put it on localharvest.org and your neighbors or someone could come and buy it. So we produce duck eggs because duck eggs are generally non-allergenic. So if you have allergies to eggs, you can eat duck eggs. Um, so I put, I, we're on Local Harvest, and I get an email from Kathleen Blake, and she was at the uh, Primo at the JW Marriott at the time, and that was the start of the farm-to-table restaurant movement. And her and Melissa Kelly, Melissa Kelly owns the restaurant, mm -hmm. and she said, we would like to have your eggs on our menu. And that's kind of how it started, and it just kind of grew from there as, as she started on her menu, and then she'd say, well, can you do any more? And we'd put more chickens in, and, and then another restaurant would call because they'd seen it there, and they said, can you do some for us? And our, I think our second customer was... Um, 
uh, Brandon at Luma in Winter Park, and it, it, they just kept talking. There's like chefs get together and talk. Yeah. So um, that's kind of how it started. And it is amazing when you eat an egg that is fresh from a farm. The difference in taste, mm-hmm. you, and even how it looks. The minute you crack it open, you know that there's a difference. It's kind of a brighter, more orangey yolk compared to what you buy from the store. Well, the, the buzzwords, you know, years years ago, uh, cage free really meant cage free, and they got to go outside and they're like we kind of re-raise our chickens like we did in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, it's become commoditized in many ways and there's a commodity cage-free and then there's a real cage-free and there's all kinds of buzzwords that people get confused on. So before we get too, many, too much into the details of eggs, because you were giving us a little lesson on eggs and all the differences, which I love, the scene though, I want you to set the scene for us at your farm because it is so beautiful when you drive down the little windy gravel road and you see your farm and all of the animals that people can actually go and pet and feed. I mean, it's like you're in a whole different world, but you're in the middle of central Florida. Well, when we got there, there was no 429 mm-hmm. and we were just a two lane road going past our place. Mm-hmm. Um, we were really out in the middle of nowhere. I know one of our early customers was in Winter Park and she was doing a dinner for a dinner party and she says um i need some eggs for this because i'm doing all local and she says where are you i said nakoi way out there <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of a way so we met halfway and she got six dozen eggs and she's still a customer today she actually sells at the winter park farmer's market for uh-huh. us but uh, that's kind of how it grows they like just word of mouth yeah um you're surrounded by citrus groves and a beautiful meadow and i mean it's it's amazing out there well we, we originally bought the first four acres on the lake part mm-hmm. and that's how we came up with lake meadow naturals when we finally sold the first restaurant and then we had an option to buy the back part because we really didn't this really wasn't planned to be a business. It's turned it, it's kind of like a hobby. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. kind of grew. You had to come up with yeah. the name and everything. Yeah. 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 So then we bought the rest of it. And what really concerned me was a couple things. I had, um, we had bought the, pro- the property and it was a rundown horse farm. And it had been a, it had been a uh, camellia farm at one time and a nursery. And it was filled with a lot of rundown fences and, and posts. And we took them all out and we, we, um, put him in the pasture. And my son was going to UCF at the time. And he says, hey, can I, we, we hadn't done anything with the house. We we're just trying to get get the property cleaned up. And he says, can I bring some of my friends out there uh, for 4th of July and burn that wood for you? So I said, sure. We were out of town. And um, so they came out 4th of July, burned it down. I'm sure it wasn't Legal. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably legal, but it, yeah. it was a, it was a pretty good size fire. Uh-huh. Anyway, the next morning they get up and and he gives me a call. We were in actually Wisconsin, and he says, "Hey, uh, what can we have for breakfast here? Because the house was empty. We hadn't yeah. we hadn't done anything yet." And uh, I said, "Well, go out and pick some eggs, and have some breakfast." So here, my son was a senior in college, I think, and he brought thirty two of his friends. That went to UCF, uh-huh. or we're going to UCF, to sleep there and burn this wood. And they went to pick these eggs out of the nests, okay, because they were, we didn't have cartons. We uh-huh. just had a bowl. You'd go pick the eggs. And only three people out of the 32 would eat them. 
Wow. Isn't <laughs> that were... crazy? Yeah. They'll go and eat them out of a styrofoam container, yeah. you know, at the grocery mm-hmm. store. And the answer was they're warm. Uh-huh. Well, they come out of a chicken at 101 degrees. Right. Okay. <laughs> so they're fresh. Okay. I guess it was more of the coming out of the chicken part that was a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were warm. Um, they were brown. Uh-huh. And they weren't in a carton. Yeah. So now, granted, food safety is very important. And you're taught in school about food safety and cold. Yes. Milk comes out of a cow at 101 degrees, too. Mm-hmm. And we don't drink it at 101. We have to yeah. cool it down just like we do eggs. Mm-hmm. So um, it just brought me to the awareness that, wow, are we really that far removed from our food? Mm-hmm. And then as we grew, we had people come into the farm to pick their own eggs. I have kids. Actually, we have a customer that's been coming for 16 years. His son's now 6'2". He was probably three when he came. And the first time he came in to pick his eggs, He'd reach into the nest and was just scared to death because the chicken was in there. Three weeks later, he comes back and brings a friend. Oh, don't be afraid. It's just, it's easy. <laughs> and now he's, six, now he's 16 and 6'2". And yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so it's really nice to see that. Um, so then we said, well, educational wise, how do we bec- let people become kid, children and adults, mm-hmm. become more aware of where their food comes from? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see our customers come out and say, the all age groups from the ones that had farms someplace in the country, the ones that had a grandfather or, or a parent on a farm and they lived in town, and the and the ki- grandkids having grandparents on a farm someplace, and they'd go out there and spend a week. I'd go spend a week with my grandmothers. Both my both my parents' mm-hmm. uh, families had farms. Yeah. So, so you kind of it just became normal. Yeah. What seemed normal to me, I found out was not normal to most people right mm-hmm. i find a lot of people are pretty disconnected from what they get on their plate versus mm-hmm. where it actually comes from like my, my wife won't even eat like fish with like the head on okay mm-hmm. she, she doesn't like it staring back at her so i mean like how you know i'm sure that's but if it comes guys... in a nice square yeah. shape that's exactly. been fried it's like totally okay, <laughs> it's totally okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you i mean like aside from just like the eggs how else are you kind of combating that like bring people back so that's what we did is we put some we built some little houses for people to see Mm -hmm. and we used to do you pick in there but they really the chickens just too too much disruption of their lives Mm -hmm. so we now have a we pick the eggs for them they can buy them right there ungraded Mm -hmm. or we can um we can buy them graded and then we started putting other things there for people to see uh, what they kids it's fun to see yeah. one of my highlights is to see a young child who has never seen a live animal before and and uh, touch it and hold it and watch it move it's just it's just amazing to see because most people don't get to see it anymore how many animals do you now have on the farm well on this that farm there's like 2,500 laying hens, and then mm-hmm. there's alpacas, there's uh, pigs that we have just to, for the kids. We have sheep that just had babies. We have goats. We have, um, what else? We have turkeys. Mm-hmm. So we our breeding stock turkeys are there for our Thanksgiving turkeys, mm-hmm. and they're there for people to see. And we sell their eggs, too, when they lay them. When we're not hatching them, we, we sell their eggs. Um, we have Bunnies. Gu- bunnies. Mm-hmm. We have guinea hens, and guinea hens is a natural pest control that every farm used back in the 50s and 60s. Okay. Um, they would eat the bugs and ticks on the farm, so you didn't use any herbicides or pesticides because they ate, they ate that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we don't use any of that, and so we have we have those running around freely. And they lay eggs, too, and uh, we have them on every farm. Mm-hmm. Now, you brought a dozen eggs today, and what's interesting is they're not all the same. So tell us why that is. This one, you... you 
tell me if I crack this open for a million dollars, you'd be willing to bet there's two yolks in here. Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, so maybe you bet the farm. Uh, Close. Well, um, so like, why is that? Why are they so different? Why do you guys sell so many different sizes? Because, you mentioned the word grading. What exactly is that? Well, I brought these right before I came. I went to the chicken house and picked these right out of the nest. Okay. So these are just the way the chickens laid them. Mm -hmm. So you got anything right now. This flock happens to be about, I'm going to guess, 36 weeks old. Okay. Uh, of laying. Mm -hmm. So. They're mostly medium, a few mediums, mostly large, extra large, and this is a super jumbo or a colossal. Um, so we have to take them and run them over a machine where we wash them, candle them, which means you look through them to take any inferior product out, and then go through a washer with organic soap and then a scale where it weighs every egg as, a, egg as it goes along this, mm -hmm. this conveyor belt, and it goes on this scale and it kicks it out in the right size. Mm -hmm. So when you buy eggs in the store, they're actually sold by weight, even though they say light, or mm -hmm. even though they say large or medium. Mm -hmm. So a pullet egg is uh, 18 ounces, 21 for a medium, 24 for a large, 27 for an extra large, 30 for a jumbo, 33 for a super jumbo, and above that is a super jumbo or colossal. And do restaurants want the large, I mean, you said earlier they wanted the, the larger eggs, but do they want the double no, yolks? most no. restaurants want large or extra large. Okay. So. Why is that? Just mm -hmm. more? It just well, it's consistent. It, okay. So when you're frying two eggs in the pan, mm -hmm. uh, they get done at the same time. If you fry this one next to a small, this one's going to get done quicker yeah. than this mm -hmm. one. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. And then they look the same on the plate. You're not seeing mm -hmm. one that's this big and one that's this big. Yeah. Um, so chickens lay what they want. They're not. We can't just say, hey, please lay some large and extra large. They're going to lay what they want to lay. Mm -hmm. So we have to grade them. So that's what really started the farm store, too, mm -hmm. is we had super jumbos and the jumbos and the mediums and the smalls that restaurants didn't buy and that's we sold them at the farm now what was interesting you said earlier um duck eggs are hypoallergenic so if you have non-allergenic non-allergenic um that's interesting i never heard that before i'm not a doctor but we have people that we mail order duck eggs to where a whole family is allergic to chicken eggs mm -hmm. so they can't eat pancakes they can't eat muffins they can't eat anything with an egg in it so um most people, not all, mm -hmm. that are allergic to chicken eggs can eat duck eggs or, or goose eggs because they're, they're different proteins in it. Now, do they taste different? It's much bigger yolk, okay. and it's a richer product. The French like to bake with them. We're at a lot of venues in Florida, too. We mm -hmm. supply a lot of restaurants with them. Um, but we do a lot of mail order those to people who have egg allergies. And I think mm -hmm. I saw quail eggs in your store. Our quail eggs are actually produced by a, a, a joint farmer in Winter Park. And uh, he produces our quail eggs and our... Uh, Meat quail. And those look mm -hmm. tiny. What are they used for? They're usually used for on top of like in sushi. Okay. They're used on some appetizers. They're used on some dishes in restaurants. They use them for catering. Mm -hmm. Quail eggs are not as consistent. So quail eggs are difficult mm -hmm. because you don't eat them like regular eggs, like two a day or four a day, whatever you eat. Uh, so if you have a catering event, you may want 2,000. Oh, wow. And then you don't want anything for three weeks. So it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's, a, it's, it's not real easy to do quail mm -hmm. eggs. So you had mentioned your quail eggs come from a joint partnership with another farm. And you also, uh, before we started recording, you were talking about how you have a partnership with the people who actually make the... Uh, the cartons for yes. your eggs. So you, you have a lot of like local connections yes. beyond mm -hmm. just your farm. Can you just talk about how you've like sort of build that community around well, it? Well, we support other farms, even some competitive farms, because we think we need to work together because it's 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 we're a community. We're not we're not enemies. We should be we should be work together. We were very fortunate to have an egg carton manufacturer right here in Central Florida. It's uh, Zellwin Farms in Zellwood, Florida, and they take recycled uh, newsprint 
and pulperize mm -hmm. it and it form it into this egg carton. I love it. So yesterday's newspaper is today's egg carton. And many customers, will take, when they're done using these eggs, will put some potting soil in here and put their seeds in there and start their seeded plants in this carton. So it actually goes from newspaper to egg carton to potting soil. And then you can just break this apart and plant that in the ground. That's awesome. Back to its roots. Yes. Uh, it's so fascinating. Why did you decide to bring on other things and expand beyond the chickens? Well, that's an interesting story in itself because we were going to have just eggs. But as we got, we only had 300, 100 chickens to start. Then it was 300. Then it was 600. Then it was 1,200. Well, when the chickens are done laying, they have to go to another place because they don't lay enough to support their, their, their what they eat. Right. Okay. So... When we had a few birds, it was easy to sell them to other farms that wanted a few for their backyard. They just didn't lay enough to earn their keep in a, right. in a production situation. And then when we got to about 1,000 birds, it was like, yeah, I couldn't sell that many. Mm -hmm. So I had a chef, well, if you get them processed for me, I will make my stock out of them because the an older chicken has a different kind of uh, uh, gelatin in their bones mm -hmm. and it's a different kind of meat it's a firmer meat and they make great soup and great stock and cocoa vin and chicken mm -hmm. pot pie mm -hmm. the flavor in there is way different it's what I grew up on yeah it's for like slow roasting and stuff slow, like yeah, that yeah. Mm -hmm. so we processed those and chefs took them and they says well if you can do these why can't you do chicken <laughs> <laughs> so uh well so then we got another farm up the road a mile and we got uh, almost 10,000 um, meat birds there we grow ducks there we grow broilers we grow cornish hens and um they're growing up there and that's that's what started it i, it's, I guess my robert says it's my problem i can't say no yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone has a good idea. Why not expand on it? So what I love, though, is you don't just supply restaurants because all of these items that you mentioned, the broth and the chicken products, are actually available in your store. Yes. Farm store as... Um the farm store is a great educational tool. Mm -hmm. and uh, It absolutely is because there were things in there that I had no clue what they were. But I'm sure, you know, obviously chefs, and I'm no chef, uh, knew exactly <laughs> what they were. Well, we, we really listened to what our customers said. Uh -huh. And what they were telling us is they wanted clean, no preservative food. Okay. So we make, some of us said, can you make kimchi? We, we have a commercial kitchen, so we can make really anything in there. Mm -hmm. um, so we make a raw kimchi uh, with no MSG. Mm -hmm. We make raw sauerkraut, both Bavarian and... Who asked for that? Was it just a random person who walked in or a restaurant? Customers or? that came in started. Okay. Start, that was started with retail. Uh -huh. We do wholesale some of this to some uh, Asian supermarkets who because they don't. there really isn't a commercial uh, clean label yeah. kimchi. Okay. Mm. And raw is... We, we actually ferment this in old-fashioned five-gallon crocs. Where do you do all this? In the, right, actually, right next to the store. I'll take you a tour sometime. Okay, it's <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. We have these five-gallon crocks, and we make our fermented pickles in there, mm -hmm. our sauerkraut in there, our kimchi in there. And a lot of them are family recipes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is actually this recipe came from uh, Sharon's mom, who was Korean, and she brought us this recipe. We couldn't follow it exactly because it didn't meet food safety. Uh huh. Like they didn't. Like she yeah. stuck wow. her foot. In it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you left the you left the leaves lay out in the sun for four days. Okay. Well, we can't do that here. In Florida. Yeah. No farm. <laughs> so we had to, we had to adulter or change some of those rules uh -huh. to keep it because uh, food safety is very very important. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
So what are some of the other items that you brought here today? Because it all, it looks, I mean, when you go into your store, everything looks beautiful and it looks so intriguing and interesting. And like I said, for someone who uh, doesn't cook a whole lot, I ended up leaving with some ground chicken, which I knew I could turn that into something, uh, ground turkey, some eggs, and a whole lot of food to go feed the animals, which I loved. It was like a petting zoo for my kids right there. Um, But some of the other items, it's like I wanted to try. Oh, I also got some cheese that I think was either made locally or in Wisconsin. We Um, have both. We have some mm-hmm. of the local cheesemaker here, and then we have some from Wisconsin. Um, we had trouble getting everything done that we needed to meet our quality standards uh, for processing in Florida. So we opened up a USDA meat plant in, Flor- in, the, in Wisconsin. And all our nitrate-free bacon smoked up there the old-fashioned way. Our, our sausage maker and bacon maker uh, won one of the first awards in Germany for sausage made in America. Wow. Um, he's top-notch. Uh, we actually use, instead of nitrates, we use celery juice powder, which is actually made in Umatilla, Florida. And uh, I went on the plant one day, and uh, I looked at the label because I was getting some celery seed or celery juice powder for the bacon. And I said, Umatilla, Florida. So, right up the road. <laughs> right yeah. up the road. Yeah. So, and the cherry juice powder. And it's smoked in, in smokehouses in one, at 1,000-pound 1, capacity. And we make a thick cut, a thin cut, a regular cut, a cottage bacon, which is smoke the same way only with other shoulder so mm-hmm. it's really lean it's mostly a british a french thing more so than hmm. the united states and actually my grandson actually uses it to fish with because it catches fish better than worms hmm. <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> very interesting wow. yeah <laughs> this is an old family recipe and that's our honey butter and uh that just sounds delicious it's made it's it's a cooked product but it's refrigerated it's a dairy product it has uh unsalted butter in it, Florida heavy cream, evaporated organic cane juice, um, lemon juice from Florida, and vanilla extract. Wow. So it's cooked and it's creamy and... and how would you serve, like on toast, a biscuit? Biscuits, yeah. uh, pancakes, anything, if you like sweet. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it is a sweeter yeah. product. Yeah. Um, uh, then we start making jams, and mm-hmm. we make um, pickles. We make all kinds of raw pickles and, and canned pickles. You're making me hungry yeah. is what you're okay. doing. Yeah. <laughs> what, what This is frog jam. So are frog there jam. frogs in here? What exactly is this? <laughs> They're frogs from the lake. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> frog jam They're actually sweet. stands for, um, let see here, F is um Fruit, figs, <laughs> figs, okay, raspberries, <laughs> okay, our own oranges from our own grove, uh huh, and ginger. Oh, awesome! Okay, sounds Great. delicious. It turned out to yeah. be our top seller. Wow, because uh, it's got a unique flavor. It's not really sweet, mm-hmm. and a customer brought this recipe to us and says, "Can you make this?" Oh, hmm. so we do. Wow. We do some of that too. Okay. So you've said all your products are are clean. Could you define clean for us? And then, like, what is the big difference between that and, say, what you'd buy? Okay, clean label means there's no preservatives or additives. So some people will say, well, why did you have, why don't you have, um, why is it all frozen? Mm -hmm. Well, it's frozen because it's fresher that way. We don't add, we don't dip chicken in chlorine. We don't gas flush it so it has shelf life. So it's actually fresher. Um, You touch this chicken and sometimes it gets a little soft or... Mm -hmm. Slippery, slimy, slimy, out of the package. That could yeah. be at the end of its shelf life. Every chicken you open from us should be crispy because it's frozen right yeah. away. Sometimes even when you take it out of the freezer and you let it thaw right. and then you open it, it, it feels a little slimy. Because you don't know when it was really frozen or okay. you, when it was really processed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, And it shouldn't be slimy. It should not be slimy. Yeah. No. 
and it should taste, it should smell fresh. Mm -hmm. So we freeze everything that way. Um, people ask about our grass-fed beef, and they say, well, well how come I can't have 80-20% fat? Well, if a steer is, if a steer is 8% fat or 12% fat, we're going to get, how are you going to make a 20? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we don't, we don't add anything. So we have, okay. we don't add mixed hundreds of cows together, uh -huh. hundreds of steers together. And what mm -hmm. should a cow naturally be? Well, it depends on, we don't have any feedlot cattle, so mm -hmm. they're not commercially raised in feedlots and force fed corn and grains to get them fat quickly. Mm -hmm. Ours are naturally raised in non-feedlots in a natural environment with grass and, and hay. So what does that mm -hmm. usually produce? Like 90, 10? We range our cows. We're like people. Cows are like people. Uh -huh. Some are heavier and some are lighter. So, okay. so uh, just their genetics. Just genetics. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, so we, we, ours ranges pretty much from ninety-two percent lean. Sometimes a real lean cow may be ninety-five. Okay. And sometimes, sometimes uh, one may be. 88. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I'd say normally that 90 or less. And then you mm -hmm. also brought some some uncured teriyaki sticks and some beef sticks. Uh, we started this. Actually, I'll go talk about this one first. Okay. This is our farmer's blend. Mm -hmm. um, when you make a lot of bacon and you want all nice slices, um, you always have the end cuts because bacon is made from the pork belly. So it's mm -hmm. the belly of the pig. Okay. And you cure it with no nitrates and you use the celery juice and the powder and the cherry juice powder. And then the ends, as you make in these slices, you have these end pieces. And we were accumulating uh, bacon ends and pieces, but it's still a really good product. So we decided to come up with a farmer's blend, which is 70% ground beef, 20% heritage Duroc pork, and 10% ground nitrate-free bacon. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like having a bacon burger. Hmm. I love it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, what does that mean, heritage? Pork? Heritage means it has, has not been genetically altered. Mm -hmm. So, so much commercial stuff today, they can genetically alter it to give it different traits, like to get heavy faster, to lay more eggs, to eat less feed, mm -hmm. to... Heritage breeds are breeds that have not been changed genetically. Example would be turkeys. This is a good example. Or chickens. Mm -hmm. Turkeys is a good example because a heritage breed turkey would be like a Narangaset, a uh, Bourbon Red, um, a Midget White, breeds that were originally came over from different countries. Mm -hmm. And they can breed naturally. So you can put a tom turkey which, with a, a hen turkey, and they can mate naturally and mm -hmm. produce more. Well, back in the 60s, 50s and 60s and 70s, people wanted breast white meat. They didn't want the dark meat. So they bred turkeys to grow big breasts. Mm -hmm. Well, what that did is that means that the tom could not mate with the hen, so they actually milk the tom and artificially inseminate the female uh, because they've got their breasts got so big they couldn't. It wasn't working. Yeah. It wasn't working. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. You know what I mean. Yes. yes. Okay. So uh, that's genetically altered to give you those, okay. those big breasts today. Uh-huh. Um, so how is heritage different from like GMO? GMO is genetically altered grain or, okay. or, or like, like oats is not genetically modified. So that's usually mm -hmm. most oats is non-GMO. Mm -hmm. Soybeans, you have both. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's harder to have, find today uh, non-GMO mm -hmm. uh, grains. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad grew, we grew corn and soybeans and hay. And this was before the big companies came in with all the chemicals. Mm -hmm. And I remember that they would, when, when they finally started pushing to get production numbers up, they'd come with airplanes and go over the fields to, to spray these chemicals on mm -hmm. to kill the, the bugs that were eating your corn and whatever were there, and then they, they developed these chemicals that would kill, the weeds around them, but not the, 
not the plant. So mm-hmm. they, I don't. I really don't know how they do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know like how ground they, up and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they make one that well, just kills that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah. everything else. Because when I was yeah. kid up, I had I'd be on my hands and knees and, and pull the weeds out by hand because we didn't have, we, right. we didn't have those chemicals back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other products came really as a result of, so we have heritage pigs. We use only Duroc pigs, sometimes Berkshire, which are mm-hmm. old breeds. So they actually taste like like pork. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a redder meat. They have more flavor. Um, you, you grow something too fast and you lose the flavor. Yeah. And everything else in the store really is a result of someone saying, hey, I had this as a kid. Can you make this? So we're, we're always looking for things that our, our customers ask for and make them clean label. Does pretty much everything in there also go to a restaurant? Like, does this farmer's blend go to a local restaurant? Yes. Some of the, okay. We have some restaurants serving this a burger with this. Uh-huh. Uh, we have them uh, using this, and then you, we have a, a marinated feta that they put on top of that. Yeah. We have some support of some great restaurants. And you mm-hmm. also have a restaurant, don't you, in your store? No, we don't have a restaurant. We do have some events where we'll serve an egg sandwich or a burger. Okay. We'll mm-hmm. serve this on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. You do a sampling of that, and I imagine it would sell like yeah. crazy. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. people actually get to try it and see how delicious it is. These are clean label snack sticks. So mm-hmm. um, normally you get the stuff that's at the gas station and it's, it sits at room temperature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a lot of preservatives. In there. Right, yeah. yeah. You, in my opinion, meat should be shelf stable. Mm-hmm. Okay, it should be refrigerated. Mm-hmm. So we came up with this because it's a natural snack for kids mm-hmm. and no nitrates and uh, celery, the celery powder in here mm-hmm. and sea salt. So this is a clean label snack. But it's refrigerated. You can't you can't put it in your car for three weeks. <laughs> what is the most unique item you think you have in your store? Most unique. I saw. I mean, it seemed like I saw large bones and well, tongue, and I mean, all different. Well, we we're, parts. we're nose to tail. So you, yeah, that, what, when you shop at a your supermarket. They may many times we not carry that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, awful. The awful stuff. Yeah. But that's really important nutrients in there. So we carry, we, when we process the animal, mm-hmm. we have to do something with everything from the oxtail at the end of this end mm-hmm. and the tongue on this end. So we have beef tongue, we have the kidney, we have yeah. the liver, we have the kidneys, we have the um, ch- cheeks, yeah. the beef cheeks, the pork mm-hmm. cheeks, um, we have the jowls. And I imagine there are some gourmet chefs yes. who, you yeah. know, really need that and want yeah. that. And Part yeah. of the problem there is you only get one heart yeah. <laughs> per one. Mm-hmm. So it's we don't have the volume to have tons of some of those odd items. Mm-hmm. So most of that's sold at the store. Mm-hmm. Um, an exception would be um, uh, there's a restaurant in, I think it's, let me see here, Soko mm-hmm. is a customer who was doing some events and he, mm-hmm. he wanted some, some casings. We use only natural casings. So is either pork lamb or mm. beef and he was doing a Scottish something mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was I'm sorry <laughs> it's okay and so he brought some down for him to make this in mm-hmm. so uh, he he wanted some offals mm-hmm. uh, haggis haggis is a Scottish dish mm-hmm. that's actually made with it's like all the intestines all, in the stomach all stuff. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that story about your son who came with his friends 32 of them and only three of them were willing mm. to even eat, eat. these eggs mm-hmm. so you know this is it's such a crazy issue to me because we live in central Florida yet our whole country is dealing with this whole food insecurity issue um, yet people can really grow their own food and they you know can have access 
to natural food, but it takes a lot of work to get there. I mean, does that seem a little crazy to you that sometimes we're in the situation that we're in when if we kind of went back to basics, there would be more food and healthy food? It's it's a seven day a week, 365 day a year commitment. We, We have to pick eggs, Christmas, New Year's. Easter, they don't mm-hmm. say, well, I don't take off weekends. Right. Mm-hmm. You take care of animals seven days a week. Yeah. And so it's a commitment and we're in a mobile lifestyle. So mm-hmm. it's uh, people travel around and it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. And, and actually gardens are great. I encourage people to do gardens. That's also a commitment. Yeah. Uh, yeah mm-hmm. We have Florida weathers. We have two crops a year. We really have a February planting and an October planting. And then our summers are brutal. The only thing we grow in the summertime really is okra and hot peppers. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of okra. Yeah. Uh, so you've been doing this for now the past 20 years here in Central Almost Florida. 20, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to go on a vacation? Yeah, I have some good yeah. people. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have some great staff and I get up to Wisconsin to take care of that stuff up there. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so I have some great people that let me do that. Uh, but I'm there, uh, when I'm in Florida, I'm there, usually there seven days a week. But I want to be there too. I love I love seeing kids. I love seeing them ask questions that they're just shocked at. Mm-hmm. They really, and it's it's really inspiring to see which animal they pick and really connect with. Yeah. Uh, so um, one quick question, just kind of jumping way back in the conversation. You said before you started this, you were in the corporate world in South Florida. What was that? Like, what was that other life? Um, export mostly. Export. export. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then just needed to get yeah. back to root your roots. Huh? And it seems like that's something that so many people who are currently in the corporate world kind of fantasize about, like, oh, moving out to the country and starting a Very farm. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And growing our own food. It's, and, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. And if, I, if, I, had, if I hadn't work. grown up on one, it probably would have been different today. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I have I, I have people that have been in the corporate world mm-hmm. they want to learn from it and and I open my place up to share that information mm-hmm. with other produce. I'm not I'm a really a chicken guy animal guy yeah uh, mm-hmm. I'm not really a gardener kind of guy but, but you also mm-hmm. started out very small and yes. then it, it just grew from and there. we work with a lot yeah. of produce people that grow here we work with you know long as God and some a lot of small farms that grow strawberries and, and blueberries we private mm-hmm. label their jams when they do their farmers markets and you pick operations mm-hmm. so we probably pack make a blueberry jam for eight or ten blueberry farms that are open eight weeks a year for you pick blueberries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they we make their jam for them so they can, so it'll be legal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it means food safety requirements. And then they sell the, their you pick operation. So we, we work closely with other small farms um, to help them. You were mentioning earlier, it wasn't too long ago that you acquired about 40 acres of a citrus farm that's was across the street from yep. uh, your kind of animal farm that you had going on. So are, do you have plans to continue to grow? We actually acquired 40 acres from um, Mary, and uh, it had been in her family since 1827. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. great-grandparents bought the farm in 1827 for $400 on a, <laughs> on a 30-year mortgage. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and we still have the paper. And you paid 450 for <laughs> yeah. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was actually eight acres of oranges, and the rest was untouched ground uh-huh. since since beginning because they owned it since 1827. We cleared it, and we now raise grass-fed beef there. Yeah. So we have beef on that farm. And it's so nice to see. Again, I said earlier, you're you know in Central Florida, and you turn a corner, and the next thing you know, you feel like mm-hmm. you're a hundred miles away. Um, and I'm sure you know it was so nice for you to be able to continue that on and have a citrus farm across the street rather than another housing development, say for well, example, we, going up. We didn't have any there, but they're coming around. Yes, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird to me because I when I was when I grew up on the farm, I 
I wanted to see the city. Uh-huh. Okay. You yeah, couldn't wait to leave. I couldn't wait to leave. Yeah. And then when I got back here, it's like, we do a lot of business in Miami, but I hate going to Miami yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> I work the streets of Miami yeah. every day for a long time, uh-huh. and it's just, it's just a different world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I did notice when I was out there with my kids is it was, it was pretty noisy, but a totally different type of noise. You heard the animals. I mean, yeah. and it was, you could hear the animals on the, the lake. You could hear your animals and it was just so calming and peaceful and pristine. It, it really is. It's, it's a special place. It's uh, it, it really, uh, it's not without its challenges, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a very special place. And we have a lot of people that will come out there and, and just uh, enjoy. What are your hours that you're open to the public? Uh, we're open seven days a week now. We did not. We swore we never would be open on Sunday, uh-huh. and we just people had, just kept knocking on your door, like, "Hey, where are my <laughs> eggs?" Well, they said I work six days a week, and I uh, so we we said we'll try it for uh, we'll try it for ninety days and see how it does. And now Sundays are our second busiest day of the week. Wow. Mm. Um, uh, so our customers appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is important, but we have people now that work weekends, and and I'm not. I walk through the store on Sundays after church and stuff, but I don't spend all day mm-hmm, in the store mm-hmm. on, a, on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And your top selling item? I would say eggs and poultry. Okay. Mm-hmm. The the yeah. chicken breasts or the chicken yeah. legs or mm-hmm. yeah, whole chicken. Yeah. yeah. And then we go, you know, beef is growing. Uh, mm-hmm. Bacon is is really growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you taste our pork chop, you'll probably never buy another pork chop. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> A bold boast. <laughs> so because it's just it's growing differently. Mm-hmm. We're not yeah. growing. We're not growing for speed. We're growing for flavor. Mm-hmm. Which makes all the difference in the so world. So commodity chicken, you can they can grow a chicken from day old. We process chickens of our regular chickens at at uh, six and a half pounds live. Mm-hmm. It takes us nine to 11 weeks based on the weather because as the weather changes, they grow differently. When it's hot, they grow a little slower. That's crazy, yeah. (laughs) When it's cold, they eat more feed and they grow a little faster. Mm -hmm. So, and they grow slow in the summertime. And you can grow a commercial chicken in 36 days to the same way. Wow. We shut our lights off at night so they sleep. Mm -hmm. We're not forcing anybody to eat anything. Awesome. Well, Dale Volkert, thank you so much for visiting with us today. We hope everyone comes by your farm and checks it out. It's easy to get to uh, and now open seven days a week. So we love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest today, Dale Volkert from Lake Meadow Naturals. You can find his farm online at lakemeadownaturals.com. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online as well. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram and Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find her new children's books online at normangnomebooks.com and by searching Norman Gnome Books on Facebook and Instagram. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Florida Foodie is available to download wherever you get your podcasts. Please take the time to rate and review us there as well. You can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash podcasts.